Hazel Hislop and welcome back to my podcast, Healing Emotions. On this podcast, we're talking about mental health and well-being and how to navigate everyday life challenges while promoting mental health. Hello, this is Hazel Hislop and welcome to my podcast, Healing Emotions. I'm really pleased today to be talking about one of my favorite topics, trauma, and how that affects our body, our mind, our spirits, etc. And most excitingly is that I have one of my favorite people today, Peter Strange, um, as my guest, who is going to help me to understand a bit more about how trauma affects our body, how um, and what he does in his work to help um, heal trauma and other emotional or physical issues that our, we might experience in our body. So welcome, Peter. Hi, Hazel. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. I'm really excited about this conversation. So um, before I ask you to introduce yourself a bit more, Peter, I wanted to just start off by um, speaking a bit about how I met you and how you influenced me in the last few years. So I met Peter, I don't know if you remember, about five to six years ago at a Body, Mind, Spirit Fair run by Hay House in West London. Do you remember that? I do remember that, yeah. It, it, <laughs> I, I actually checked uh, back, you know, when I knew we were having this interview and it was six years ago. Wow, six years ago, yeah. And I remember meeting you. I just remember um, your smile and your energy. And I think you made the same comment about me in terms of my smile. And one of the things we connected on was the fact that I was from Tobago and you had been to Tobago. And <laughs> we just started talking about that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's right. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the most memorable holidays I ever had uh, mm. in my life. Um, mm. I, I really loved it there. Um, and yeah, definitely. I, I, I just really felt a connection with you instantly. You know, you have a, a really uh, soft and, you know, lovely energy about you. Um, and yeah, I think it was quite obvious that connection um, for both of us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So Peter, when I met you, you were, um, I think you're you you were called pain solutions then your um the work that you did and i know that transformed in the last few years but i really wanted to talk about um initially when i after we met i think it was probably a year after i contacted you because i was having a lot of issues in terms of my body my shoulder and my neck with pain um aches and you did a lot of work on me in helping me to heal that and over the last six years, from time to time, I'll come back to you in terms of like if something flared up or if something has presented itself in terms of my physical body. But I know from working with you, it wasn't just about my physical body, it was also the connection to the emotional and psychological, spiritual self. But one of the stories I wanted to share about my experience of working with you was in 2016, I was going through a lot of issues. Um, in terms of my body, I just um, started a new job in a very high um, energy, high anxiety provoking environment in a social services department as a psychotherapist. And I was doing a lot of management work and leadership work. And I realized that um, being in that environment, I wasn't functioning, became quite anxious. And um, just my body just shut down, really. I couldn't do much. I couldn't walk far, just a lot of aches and pain. And just really not feeling right about myself. And I remember I came to you for, um, I think, a couple of sessions over a couple of weeks, two sessions over a couple of weeks. And I felt amazing. And three days after um, I went back to work after the session, I remember being in a meeting and it was a really good meeting. I was helping the staff to think about like all the positive benefits of working. It was just at the start of after the Brexit vote and there was a lot of high emotions. And I was trying to get, you know, to say to my team, you know, think about all opportunities that will come out of this in terms of, you know, what we can do to move forward. Um, even if we're not happy with the outcome, how can we manage ourselves that we're able to see 
benefits as well from these this situation. And in that meeting, someone came in and it was very negative. They were talking a lot about the stuff that they were experiencing at work. And I could feel the whole energy in the room change and my body went back straight to the same feelings I was feeling before, like really aches and pain. And I, sh- I physically felt like I shut down. And I went, came home and went straight to bed. And you did a follow-up follow call three days later after the session. And you, this is one of the things you do with how you work. You usually follow up with your clients. And you asked me how I was feeling. And I was saying to you that I'm, really, I'm in bed and I'm just really struggling. And it was such a contrast from when I saw you to the three days after. And one of the things you said to me, I don't know if you remember, you you tune into your higher self and you told me that what you was you you were getting at was getting at the time was that what I don't know if you would use the term spirit, but you were saying and what they were saying to you is that did ethics help me? Um, because I was talking about oh it's not ethical for me to leave this job now because I've mm. got so much responsibility and I don't think that's ethically right for me to leave the job and you were saying that the message you was getting from me is that is ethic going to save me and actually that was a transformational period for me because it helped me to confirm within myself that I was in the wrong environment in the wrong job and it was actually affecting me physically emotionally mentally so do you I don't know if you remember that because it's a story that I talk about all the time when I talk with well about you and talk to you about other people sure yeah well that's it's interesting um until you just you know uh went back through that story just now i mm-hmm. had forgotten that but I, I i do remember it i'm almost feeling a bit emotional thinking about that mm-hmm. um yeah I, I i absolutely do remember that and um just in reference to what you said you know what I believe one of the things that I believe that I do within my work is to um, connect with my higher self or my soul you know the, the, the highest aspects of myself mm-hmm. and I um, I don't claim to fully understand that but you know I believe that there is a higher aspect to us um, mm-hmm. that, you know that that really knows who we are and um, you know I try to connect with that before any work with any client. And then I ask also to be connected with, the, with that aspect of the client also. Mm-hmm. So uh, with yourself and then really, um, I, a lot of it's intuitive, um, but I, I, I do an energetic reading. Um, and really, um, whatever I re- relay back to you um, is, is really coming from from within you. So mm-hmm. I see myself more like um, like an interpreter, really, or a facilitator mm-hmm. to help you to see yourself. Um, so I'm really never trying to tell the client anything. From I mean, I might sometimes refer to my own experience if if I if there's a, a parallel there, and I can therefore you know be empathetic um, to the situation. But really, what I'm what I'm really mainly trying to do is to shine a mirror back at at the client you know, mm-hmm. so that they can really see themselves. And I think that's, you know, really what happened with you in that, in that instance. Yeah, absolutely. Because I was, if you think, talk about the higher self and the soul, I had been getting a, a few dreams um, leading up to that event. Um, I, how I get messages. I mean, I say from um, spirit, from the Holy Spirit in my language, I get messages in my dreams. And those dreams were telling me to leave the job. And um, there were three things that I had in those dreams. One was to um, leave the job, to leave a relationship. And also um, it was saying that the pain that I was feeling in my body was around anger. So I needed to heal that as well. So when mm-hmm. you did the, um, the work with me, you confirmed what I already knew. And it was like a permission to, to leave my, my job then um, and, and to start out independently. So, so thank you. So I really wanted to introduce you to this audience because this is um, a podcast around mental health and well-being and about healing. And many people, when they think about mental health, they, they think of the mind and the psychological, emotional aspect. But actually, everything that we feel and experience affects us physically, emotionally, biologically, etc. So before we go into kind of your work, I wanted you to talk a bit about yourself, Peter. Um, in terms of who you are and um, your journey into this present moment, this present work. 
Um, so I'm just going to open the space for you to talk more about yourself. Oh, thank, thank you, Hazel. Um, yeah, I think that's quite important to be able to put things in context. Um, so my background is in health and fitness, um, and, and I've been involved in that industry for, I think, 26 years now. Um, but really, my, my, my journey starts before that. And um, it really starts from um, me sustaining two quite serious physical injuries in my teenage years. Um, so I, I, was a, I was an athlete. I was a very keen sportsman. And at that stage in my life, I, I really felt that that was my life. You know, that's what I wanted to do. And uh, when I was 13 years old, um, I sustained a serious knee injury. And through the treatment for that injury, um, it was then discovered that I had an even more serious back injury. Mm -hmm. And um, as a result of these injuries, I was actually banned from all participation in sports. Um, I was I was offered surgery for both for both issues. Um, even at that age, in, intuitively, I, I felt that wasn't the right path for me. Um, so I, I did decline that surgery. Um, but then for probably the rest of my teenage years, um, I mean, I, I did get back to the sports, but I never, I never fully regained my confidence or got, got back to the level that I was at previously. Um, and throughout my teenage years and my twenties, my early twenties, I would say, um, I, I, I was suffering from chronic pain. Um, and it, and it was limiting my life. And during that period, I, I really tried everything. So, you know, conventional medicine, apart from the surgery, you know, uh, conventional medicine, alternative medicine, uh, you know, different healing modalities and certain things helped me to some extent, but nothing completely resolved the issue. And, uh, it's really only when I got involved in the fitness industry myself, um, when I was, uh, coming out of university, I, 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 I got a job in the final year of university, just part-time working in the gym. Um, and through, um, you know, being in the fitness industry and learning more about the body, uh, and initially from a very scientific perspective, um, you know, I was able to start to heal myself, to make myself stronger and to start to heal myself. Mm -hmm. And this kind of fueled my motivation to really to help other people not to go through what I went through, you know, of years of frustration of not being able to find answers. And um, this kind of led me on a, on a long journey. And e even in those early stages when I was just uh, you know, working in the fitness industry and I was um, working, you know, I always had a thirst for knowledge and I always kind of left no stone unturned. You know, I, I seem to always attract clients with complex issues, um, physical issues, you know, initially. Um, although what I didn't realize at the time was that, you know, probably most of these things were underpinned by emotional issues. Um, but I, I always seem to attract these type of clients. And, and so it, it led me on a journey of, you know, trying to, seek more and more information to, to try and understand how to address these things. And in 2004, um, I had what I would class as a quite a major spiritual awakening, really, in a way, in that um, I had an encounter with a, with a Shaolin monk, a Chinese monk. Mm -hmm. um, there were these um, Shaolin monks that were renting space in a, in a, in a studio, in a gym where I, I worked in London. And I, I got talking uh, to the master and I ended up doing a few sessions and I didn't really feel much uh, when I attended the classes, but I asked if I could, I, I just had an intuitive sense that I should uh, work with him privately. And the first session I ever did uh, with this monk, um, it was so profound. It, I had a huge emotional release. Um, and very shortly after that, I, I realized that um, I was supposed to be doing healing work. Um, and yeah, this, this, this just led me on a, on a, on a journey um, where I've tried to follow my intuition, you know, as, as best as I can along the way. Um, and, you know, when I've come up against the problem, I've, I, I've always seek to find a way around that. And um, I guess uh, when I first discovered that I could, I, I had these healing abilities, which I believe that we all have. Mm -hmm. um, but I, but I, you know, I found that I had a gift for this, and um, 
I didn't know how to explain it to my clients at that time because I had this very scientific approach and I felt that maybe they wouldn't understand. And I didn't even understand it myself, if I'm truly honest. Um, so what I then did is I, um, I, I went and got various uh, bodywork qualifications, um, qualifications in working with the body uh, on, with a hand, in a hands-on uh, way, um, and some more subtle energy techniques that I learned as well. And I, I basically uh, pieced together all the all the pieces that resonated me, with me the most, mm. you know, and then seemed to be most effective with my clients. And 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 then out of that, um, I really built my own method for healing, mm -hmm. um, um, which I now call the Reset Method, um, which stands for it's an acronym for Realigning Emotions and Structure for Energetic Transformation. Um, but initially, I was really only working on a physical level. Um, you know, the emotional part came later. Um, I had a client in 2012 who was an, an athlete, quite a famous athlete, and um, she was trying to qualify for the 2012 Olympics. And it was right at the end of her career. She'd had a lot of injury problems. She was actually working with a colleague of mine. She wasn't initially my client. And what was happening was that um, he'd managed to get her to a really good physical, you know, a really excellent physical condition, the, probably the best in her whole career, right at the end of her career. And um, what would happen was that every time she would enter a qualifying competition to try and qualify for this last Olympics, mm. she, she would break down with some mystery injury. Mm. And so I, I got called in to, to, to try and help with this. And I did a session with her. She limped into the room at the beginning of the session and kind of uh, bounded out of the room at the end. And I thought, right, you know, I've... I, I've healed her, you know, mm. I've helped her to heal. Mm. And uh, she went and did the, the next qualifying competition and the same thing happened. She got an injury. And, and like I said, I, I, I don't like to be defeated by a problem. So, you know, I, I got her back in and we started talking and it became very apparent to me that um, her, her physical issues were really more related to emotional, em emotional issues. Uh, emotional trauma from her childhood, um, fear of failure, um, because when you're at such an elite level and you put so much work into it, you know that's that's obviously uh, always going to be you know a potential for that for that fear. But also, she had a fear of success because um, you know when you do reach that level, uh, you know if you, if you become successful, you attract a lot of attention, and you know that was also quite overwhelming for her. Mm. Mm. Uh, so, so, so yeah. So when I when I when I had this realization, um, I just followed my intuition in terms of you know I did a little bit of research and I figured out a way to address these things. Um, and she did. Um, she never did qualify for that Olympics. She did the final qualifying competition. She she didn't injure, she didn't get injured again, but she just missed out. She was a long jumper. She missed out by like maybe a centimeter or something like that. Um, but you know, mentally and emotionally, she was in a much better place, and I know that she still is. Mm -hmm. And um shortly after that um you know i'd never advertised the fact that i work on emotional pain and i received numerous calls like within <laughs> within a week of that you know like from from different people saying i know you work with physical pain uh if the pain is emotional can you help and i, I believe i mean i'm sure you've experienced this as well that there's a saying um when the student is ready the master appears that's definitely been the case in my life, but I'd also turn that around and say, when the master is ready, the student appears. So when we learn mm -hmm. to access, you know, a gift that we have, you know, when we find a way that we can help people, then the universe, you know, or spirit or whatever, you know, however you want to uh, think of that, will send you people that can benefit from that, from that mm -hmm. gift. Um, so, so that happened. Uh, and it, it, it just evolved um, more and more over time. And probably the final stage, I mean, it's, it's still evolving, but the final kind of uh, big realization for me was uh, probably about six or seven years ago. Um, I had a client who um, she, well, she wasn't initially my client. She was over in the UK on holiday from Canada and she was uh, visiting one of my existing clients. And um, she had, quite a few physical ailments. She was very depressed. Uh, she was, I think she was out of work at the time. She was really struggling in her life. And 
this friend of hers suggested that she see me and I did a few sessions with her and we got her feeling you know really amazing she went back to Canada mm -hmm. and within three days of landing back home she had a she had an accident where she fell down some stairs and she uh, really badly twisted her ankle uh, it, it swelled up to double the normal size and she went back into this severe depression and um, she called me in despair and she, she said, you know, I'm really sorry. I think I've destroyed all the hard work that you've done. And do you know anyone? Because I, ha I have a network of people because of some of the training mm -hmm. I've done, you know, throughout the world. And so do you know anyone in, in my local area that might be able to help me? And I, I, it broke my heart to hear mm -hmm. this. So I, I just uh, I, I'd been doing a bit of research in terms of um, non-local connection and quantum physics and how we're all connected on an on an energetic level. And I just felt, I'm sure I can help with this. And so I suggested, you know, that we maybe try uh, to do something remotely, you know, with me in the UK and her in Canada. And we did the session, which I, I basically structured exactly the same way that I do with any of my in-person sessions. Um, something I learned early on is that I can feel uh, in my own body things that relate to my clients. It's not a pain as such, but it's just a sort of a knowing. Mm -hmm. and, and so... Uh, I worked through my own body uh, and then we talked through uh, what I was picking up in terms of the emotional issues. And uh, during that session, she said, she, she stopped me in the middle and she said, I need, I, I need to stop you there. While you're talking to me, while we're talking about these things, I, I'm looking at my ankle and I can see the swelling going down visibly in front of my eyes. Yeah. And so that blew my mind. It completely blew my mind. And I, I just knew like this, this works, this stuff really works. And exactly the same as when I, made the connection between the, with, with, you know, with the emotional component, uh, you know, within the next few weeks, I received calls from people asking whether I could work remotely. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, when I did that session with you that you mentioned, uh, you know, or those two sessions where you came to see me and then three days later, you, you know, you had this, you, you know, you were in this meeting and you felt, you know, uh, you know, how that person's energy shifted the room and it sent you back into your, you know, um, or feelings of unease um you know when i when i spoke to you on the phone about that that you know obviously i was working in that way with yes you. i remember um, sorry Tintor, i remember because we <laughs> had spot you were at that time you were telling me you spoke to me when i came into your um your room your space that you physically practice from and i remember you said that this was the journey that you were now on in terms of doing the distant healing and um you were explaining to me about that so when we when i had that call with you on the day i remember you said with my permission um if you can do some of that healing and i said yes because i think that's important to say that you you have to get access and permission from the person to be able to enter into that space of theirs as well to proceed with the healing absolutely yeah i, I mean that's a, a really important part of this and you know certainly you know i i always do that because i'm working on this uh higher you know higher level if mm -hmm. you like um you know it's that's very important that there is there is permission and like a willingness you know from from the uh from the client to actually you know be open and receptive to receiving mm -hmm. healing um so yeah that's that's really what what we were doing there and um i know since then you've really gone from strength mm -hmm. to strength and you're doing mm -hmm. amazing things in the world now. Mm -hmm. yeah thank you and i mean and i do say that there are times um I think I've come back to you after that for different things. And every time you I've come back, it's always, um, it's never the same issue, but it's something that's probably more current. Um, so it's, a, it's like an expansion. And the way I understand healing and I explain healing to my clients is about, is the, the metaphor of the onion that each layer that you, you unpeel there's going to be another layer of something else there. And it's interesting that you talk about, you know, your intuitive, um, following your intuition and the master being ready. It's not just the student, but the masters to be ready. And I was curious about that in terms of you, your own experience in terms of what you do to be able to prepare to create that space for, for more. And um, because um, as, as I have experienced in the Western world, 
I think there's a, such a focus more on individualism and on the mind and how much we can learn and, you know, more and more and more that sometimes we dis detach or disconnect from our true self, the real um, self in terms of the space, in terms of learning more about our, our needs, our feelings, um, making space more for that intuition to be able to be a bigger space in our lives and to, to actually guide us. So a lot of people want quick fix and they want, they're quite uh, maybe more focused on the external, but what actually my experience is that you've got to create space to go within and create space to hear and to be guided. So what's been your experience and what's your process in it being able to create that space to be guided and to help to build your intuition? I don't know if that's the right term, but do you know what I do? Do you get what I mean? I think I do know what you mean. Uh, I mean, in some ways, I've been very fortunate in that some of these things seem to come quite naturally to me. Um, so I maybe don't have to do as much work and as much preparation, you know, as some other people might. That doesn't mean that, you know, I'm not completely and utterly focused on, you know, the, the person that I'm working with in that time that I spend with them. Um, you know, that's really important, you know, that, that I, you know, I have a very singular focus when I'm working with that person. Um, but it's not, you know, I have to be honest when I say it's not something that I really have had to work at that much. However, what, what I would say is that, you know, a, a really important component is uh, your intention, you know. So I do set a clear intention for what I want to achieve. Um, there was, there's, there's a, there's a quote that I really love. Um, it's from, uh, it's from Wayne Dyer. I don't know if you've oh, heard yeah. of Wayne Dyer. Yeah. He's, yeah. He, he's, he's, he passed away a, a couple of years ago, I believe, but he, he, he had some quite incredible wisdom. Some of the things that he, that he came out with. And he has this very simple quote where he says, I am realistic. Mm -hmm. I expect miracles, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> and you know, that that's when I heard that it, it it really resonates with me. I felt like, you know, because I've seen so many incredible things happen in my life um, through my work, but also, you know, even, even before that, you know, I've always had a kind of awe and wonderment of, you know, the world and, you know, just life itself, you know, and I think that's so important for people to cultivate that, yeah. you know, um, you know, to, to connect with nature, to really, you know, to really, um, you know, remind ourselves how, how incredible this world yeah. is, you know, and how yeah. incredible it is to be alive, yeah. you know. And, um, yeah, I, I suppose because I've witnessed so many miraculous things, you know, and I try and look for the miraculous, you know, um, I have, and I've learned to really trust myself as well. Mm. And so mm. as a result of that, when I enter into a session, I, I do, I have to be honest, that's that's the mentality that I go in with, you know, I, I, I'm realistic, but I expect miracles. That you know? makes so much sense. Um, that makes um, so much sense. Sorry, um, there's just an echo here. Sorry, there's just an echo Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me because it's the thing that changed my practice when I started um, in mental health. Um, if you work in some mental health setting in hospitals, it's it's a very problem focused environment and it's problem saturated. And um, the mm. thing that shifted my work as a therapist, um, I'd say probably about, say, 15 years ago, it was that sort of mindset in terms of really believing, you know, as you said, setting the intention that I, of hope and healing and mm. expecting a positive outcome. Because to be honest, there's a lot of therapists who do the job and they um, they go with the flow and the motion and they go with the, um, so they're just, not the floor, they just go with what shows up, but they're not actually believing in that there's going to be a positive outcome. So I guess they're probably more stuck in the mind, in the brain, that we're just going to do techniques, and if it works, it works. But for me, I realized that the minute I stopped trying too hard in those sessions and the minute I just showed up, and I always say a prayer and just say I'm open, I'm present, and I ask to be guided mm -hmm. in those sessions, I expect, I expect outcome, I expect healing, I expect change. So I never go in um, 
feeling that, oh, I, I can't help this person. I just go with an open intention to think, as you said, miracles can happen and do happen. And I think that's what makes mm. the difference, that that openness, but also, as you said, being realistic, because sometimes not, sometimes it's about the student as well, as you said, if the student is not ready, then that can't take, that process can't take place. So it has to be a, an openness and a willingness, I believe on both sides uh, when the healing process is uh, happening. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I think like, as you said, if, if you are holding that space for someone, if you, if you're, you know, if you have that um, trust and faith and hope and, you know, um, expectation, you know, then uh, it creates, um, it creates a, it creates a sort of energetic um, dynamic, I suppose, between yourself and the client. So, you know, um, it, it allows them to, to be able to start feeling that way themselves. Okay. That, that's certainly what I'm trying to do. I, I you know, I, I'm careful about how I manage people's expectations, but at the same time, you know, I want them to believe that anything's possible because I know that, you know, if we can believe that anything is possible. Yeah. yeah got that. So this is so amazing. You know, when I'm around you, I could spend hours just just talking and listening to you so um, but I'm aware of that um, that we have limited time here so I wanted to go back a bit about trauma and the reason why I wanted to talk about trauma is just because in terms of your work and how you've developed your program the reset program because um, I think a lot of people are not aware and that's one of the things that I'm more interested in, in terms of trauma how we hold trauma in the body because Again, many um, theories around trauma looks more on the psychological aspect, but actually, if you experience psychological trauma, whether it's through abuse, through bereavement, through sexual assault, whatever that trauma is, you can, our cellular memory can hold that trauma in our body and it can impact on us in many different ways. Some people have pains and aches, some people might suffer with um, memory loss, disconnection from social activities, etc. On the other hand, physical trauma like what you were describing in terms of your sports injury can also impact on your emotion. So I want you to talk a bit mm. about your experience of trauma and maybe particularly in terms of how how we hold that in our body and how that shows up and how, you know, like for example, some symptoms, et cetera, and, and how you, you deal with that. Because again, I know it's not, you can't separate it from the emotional, but maybe talk a bit about your experience yeah. of that, how that shows up in your, in your work. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, first of all, just to very briefly talk about trauma itself. So, um, you know, our, our nervous system and all the tissues of our body, record and uh hold you know the memories of everything that's ever mm -hmm. happened to us um you know and when we experience a trauma often there's a an avoidance response you know uh there are actual physical withdrawal reflexes that occur in the body um and you know because there's only a certain amount of trauma that we can handle at any one time you know and so our, our psyche will kind of bury anything that we can't handle or can't process at that time. Um, you know, and it will, it will kind of pack it away for later when, you know, w when we will be able to make maybe more sense of it. Um, so like my, in my own experience, uh, with, with those, with those injuries that I mentioned, um, yes, yeah, certainly, you know, there, there, there was, um, an emotional effect in terms of, you know, the frustration I described and not being able to do the things that I loved and, uh, and all of that. And, and at that time, you know, I, I kind of felt quite hard done by, you know, I felt like life had dealt me a, a, a bad hand, you know, and, uh, what I, uh, something, uh, uh, I didn't mention earlier. Um, and I can't remember exactly what year this was probably around 2008, 2009. Um, I actually, um, could, because I, I, I do work on myself. I apply my same, the same principles, my same, the, my techniques, my healing techniques to myself, but sometimes we can't mm -hmm. heal ourselves, you know, uh, we, we, you know, we, we, we need outside assistance. And so there was someone that, uh, I used to see who does, uh, somewhat similar work to me. Um, and 
one of the sessions I had with her, um, it opened, it, 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 <laughs> I had a huge um, realization, a huge epiphany in this session. I, I, I suddenly realized that actually um, the injuries that I'd sustained in my teenage years, I had created those events um, in response to uh, the emotional effects of um, seeing what was happening in my parents' mm -hmm. relationship mm -hmm. at home. And uh, I, I really didn't understand this until I had, you know, I, until I had this this session, and it was just like a, a huge release for me to to kind of realise this because I it, this is a hard reality for a lot of people to appreciate. But my belief is that we certainly, to a large extent, cre create our reality, you know, uh, through our thoughts, words, and actions, or lack of thoughts, words, and actions. You know, so everything that's ever happened to us, everything that is happening to us now and will happen to us in the future, we have a, we play a part in creating that. Um, and so, um, yeah, I think at, at that time, I mean, I don't want to sort of go, unless you want me to, I don't want to go into too much depth about it, but it was in relation to my parents' relationship. Um, it was in, particularly in relation to my relationship with mm -hmm. my father. Um, and by injuring myself i almost part of it was uh uh for him to notice yeah, me i suppose yeah, yeah. Um, you know and for him to uh also as well I, it was an attempt to try and heal him because you know i i believe we um you know each generation as you know we come into the world we're probably at least as if not more spiritually evolved than, than our parents and the children really come into the world to heal the parents, yeah. to show the parents something about yeah. themselves, yeah. you know? I, I know you're a mother, so you can appreciate that. Yeah, and that, that makes sense. You know? I mean, I totally get it. And in um, when you, I've worked for a long time in the child and adolescent mental health service, so one of my, my background is also in family therapy. And one of the things that my the team that I work with would say, the CAMS team, that we always say that when a child comes to the service, nine times out of 10, the child is bringing the parent for healing. The parent mm -hmm. thinks that they're referring yeah. to the child and it's always about the child. He did this, she did this, or this is happening. But actually the child is bringing the parent to, um, to show the parent that you also need healing. We need healing. So that makes a lot of sense um, yeah. to me from what you're saying, using your yeah. own um, personal experience as a child. Absolutely. I mean, I think my, you know, my father had certain insecurities, mm -hmm. uh, you know, about his kind of physical uh, being you know and you know I think there was a kind of competitiveness there and as I you know because I was very athletic I think you know uh, that affected him in some way um, you know and I you know in a, inadvertently subconsciously I think I was trying to to equalize that to trying to heal him trying to make him feel feel better about himself um, you know and uh, I actually have an amazing relationship mm -hmm. with my father now you know um, through having this understanding yeah. Um, you know, so, um, I, you know, I, I definitely believe that I think we seek to heal, heal our parents because we know that, you know, if, if, if our parents are, are healed and well and, and balanced, then they can better look after yeah. us, you know? So, um, yeah, that, that, that was my own experience w with that. Um, and yeah, I have to say, you know, probably since then I've had, you know, I do have, a, um, permanent issues in my, in my back and my knee, but it very rarely troubles mm. me now. I have, you know, it's, it, it very rarely troubles me um, now that I really understand um, where it where it yeah. came from. I mean, that is so it connects to me and um, you know, and, and some of the people that listen on this podcast, and that I lost my father two weeks and a half ago, and so mm. it's kind of what I've noticed in the way in which I have dealt with the the loss and it's the, the trauma of of his death is that in my body so i straight away went into shock and and that's common mm. in bereavement but also i noticed that i all i did wanted to do was to go to bed to sleep i was constantly exhausted i couldn't my i just went into this my brain went just really fuzzy and um just really exhausted um and part of that was also a sense of relief because i we all i also we also know as a family that my dad was um, coming to the end of his 
life in terms of he got ill in the much more ill in the last two months but i i mean i was, I was mm. just curious about that for me my physically how i was dealing with that grief um and um and that heaviness that i was carrying around um but also i guess it also makes me think about my dad and, and for me most of my physical issues have always been on my shoulder my left neck and shoulder and that speaks to me about right. responsibility um in terms of emotional responsibility because i think thinking about parents when my mom and dad had their issues whether it was arguments or conflicts i'm one of the people that in in the six of our siblings but my mom probably talks to me more in terms of the emotional aspects and in a way that's helped me to be a therapist i suppose so i i even when sure. she was going to looking after my dad in the last two years as his health was declining um I would spend a long time listening to her and in a way counseling her so I could feel like when he passed away, you know, she was saying to me, although we were grieving, she also had a sense of freedom. And I also felt that freedom because it was kind of that mm. release of that responsibility as well. So I guess I mentioned it in terms of connecting to you about parents in terms of what we carry in our body as well, that physical responsibility, sure. that physical, whatever that is. And, um, and we walk around with all these aches and pains or thoughts or emotions and we know where that it's linked to something um, that's probably going on currently in our life or, or from the past. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, w when I was um, preparing for doing this interview with this, you this morning, um, I actually, I found mm -hmm. a quote. It's, it's of unknown origin. I don't know who said this, but uh, it's, it, it kind of sums up really what I've been saying um, and it, it basically states that your, your trauma is not your fault but your healing is your responsibility oh, wow. you know and you, you know um, so what I was saying earlier about the fact that you know we do play a part in creating everything that happens to us um, you know, by, by our thoughts words and actions or, or, or lack of them you know but that it doesn't make it our fault you know we we you know we may create the circumstances that lead to trauma for us uh, on some level, um, because we are here to learn, you know, we're here to, we're here to learn who we are, you know, um, you know, to learn and grow through, through adversity, you know, and then, you know, through that to uncover our gifts so that we can help mm -hmm. others, you know, who might be on that mm -hmm. same journey. Um, you know, and so it, even though, you know, we are co-creators in our own reality, the trauma is mm -hmm. not our fault, but it is our responsibility mm -hmm. to heal it, mm -hmm. you know, uh, oh, that's so I just wanted to Yeah, I like that. that quote. That's an excellent quote. And I think I think that's important because uh, for many people can get stuck in the trauma and in the past and in terms of blame and being victims. And of course you're a victim in terms of what, what might have happened to you, but you we you do have a responsibility as you get older to be able to to heal that, to forgive, to, to look after yourselves. And and sometimes I suppose the healing mm. doesn't happen, might not happen if we're stuck in that, in the stories, in the past stories of what happened, what people did to us um, for whatever mm. reason. Now, in the last five minutes or so, Peter, I wanted to, um, obviously we're still in the pandemic, but um, but there's much yeah. hope on the horizon as, as the rate goes down and... Um, and mm -hmm. the, if you believe in the vaccine, not everyone does, that people are um, taking the vaccine, accepting the vaccine for their healing, but not so much focusing on that, but more in terms of your experience of working in the pandemic, um, in terms of mm. trauma and the, how you, the kind of maybe clients that you've been working with or just your observation or experience of what's been happening and how you've been managing and how have the people that you've been working with, I mean, kind of are there themes and um, I suppose that's being shared or experienced. Um, so I wanted you to talk about that and then maybe give a few tips in terms of what you, how maybe encouraging people of how to manage and cope as we're still um, experiencing yeah. this pandemic. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, everything that I'm going to say, um, obviously it relates to now because of what we're all experiencing, you know, but actually, you know, being in this situation just kind of amplifies 
what's there anyway, you know, and, uh, you know, everything that I'm going to say, it, it would be relevant whether the, whether we were in a pandemic or not. It just becomes more important at this time, you know, for us to, um, to really do these things, um, you know, because, you know, we are, um, I mean, you know, probably one of the most uh, damaging effects of this pandemic is, is mm -hmm. isolation, you know, people feeling isolated and, you know, loss of connection. Um, I mean, I've been fortunate that it hasn't really affected me too much in that way, um, you know, but I can see how that, how it is affecting other people in that way. Um, and that's where the, you know, remote healing work is so powerful in that, you know, it, it reminds us that we are all connected, you know, and we don't necessarily need to be a, or see ourselves as a healer in order to create healing you know um as we said earlier it's all about loving intention you know and so even when you just think about the people you love um they receive that energy you know i, I believe um so i guess because we've all had this opportunity to be with ourselves a little bit more um you know which is a gift in itself um you know because i think in order to deal with trauma you know, in order to be really whole um, in our full expression, you know, we, as you said earlier, we need to go within, you know, we need to make space for introspection. Um, you know, there's different techniques that can, we can use for that meditation. Um, you know, as we said earlier, getting out in nature, uh, movement practices, dancing, you know, singing, there's so many ways that we can uh, really get in touch with ourselves. Um, and, you know, there's a quote that I, another quote that I often give because it, again, it's so, it means so much to me. And it's another very, very simple quote. Uh, this was from uh, Bruce Lee, uh, the uh, martial arts film star, Bruce Lee. He was a really incredible character. You know, he, he was very self-aware. He did, a, you know, he, he had very deep kind of philosophical way of looking at things. And, um, he said, your main purpose is to become your true self, mm. you know, and to, and you know, we can translate as that you could, you could replace the word become for the word. Remember, you know, that your main purpose is to remember your true self. Um, remember to put back together who you really are, you know, um, and, or you could say rather than become, you could say your main purpose is to allow your true self to come into being, you know, and this is about us, accepting who we are as we are now um you know forgiving ourselves for you know any guilt or regrets that we have for you know things that we may have allowed to happen in our lives or not but you know things that we may have allowed to happen or not achieved or you know just to forgive ourselves for that uh to have gratitude towards ourselves um for everything we've been able to experience you know, so a lot of people talk about, you know, forgiveness and having a gratitude practice. And, you know, obviously it's important to be, you know, depending on your beliefs, you know, to, to maybe look to a higher power, to look to God, to look to, you know, the universe, the source. But we are an expression of that. So we also need to look mm -hmm. to ourselves. You know, we, as I said, we need to accept ourselves. We need to forgive ourselves. We need to have gratitude to ourselves because of, you know, everything that we've allowed ourselves to experience, which all helps us to grow, even the hard times, you know. and we need to love ourselves and we need to show ourselves that love, you know, by the way we treat ourselves, you know, so by staying healthy, eating well, staying hydrated, sleeping well, um, allowing our bodies to move, uh, having positive self-affirmative thoughts, you know, and, uh, you know, and if we can accept ourselves, forgive ourselves, have gratitude for ourselves and love ourselves, we can then be ourselves. And uh, the one final thing I would say, it's, uh, I don't know if you've heard of, Byron yeah, Katie. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I love, I love the, uh, the work of Byron Katie again, very simple. She has these four questions. These it's a form of self inquiry, you know? So when we go into this introspective space or this, you know, we meditate, we can, and, or we, or anytime we come up against a problem, you know, we can just ask ourselves, um, is this true? You know, if we have an insecurity or, you know, some guilt around something or whatever it is, we can ask ourselves, is this true? And then, you know, Further to that, we can ask ourselves, can we absolutely know this is true? Um, now, often I'll, I'll only get to that second question, you know, because most things we can't absolutely know is true, you know. <laughs> so that's enough for me. I feel good after that, you know. But like then there are two further questions where it says, 
how do you feel when you believe the thought? You know, how does that make you feel? You know, and the final, the final question is who would you be without that thought and who you would be without that thought is the real yeah. you. you yeah. Know? That's, you know, so that, that's really, you know, it's kind of brings it full circle. This is about us accepting ourselves, forgiving ourselves, having gratitude for ourselves and loving ourselves and yeah. just being ourselves. And actually the quotes from um, Bruce Lee and, and, and Byron Katie, what well, it's, it, it's, it's really saying the same thing really. Um, and I, I would definitely recommend Byron Katie's um, work. She's done quite a few videos on YouTube. She's is the book that she's done and the work. I think I came across her work about probably about 14, 15 years ago um, and was quite moved by her work. Mm. So, and those four questions, I I'd sometimes use them in my work in psychotherapy, especially around, especially really? the first two questions and, and really asking for what's the evidence that you've got, you know, if this is, is this the truth and what's the evidence you've got to say that this is the truth. So it's quite powerful um, kind of message and work to, to, to process as well. Um, so, Peter, just to kind of come to a conclusion, I mean, this is, again, it's been an amazing um, conversation. I really wanted to go back to your meta, the reset meta. Do you want to um, go through it again for the people listening and also to talk about if people were interested in working with you, how can they reach mm -hmm. you um, and how can they um, kind of access working with you? Thank you. Um, yeah, so at, at the moment, um, I'm doing all my work online. Um, but hopefully very soon I'll be able to see clients again. I don't actually have um, a physical base at the moment because, you know, during the first lockdown, I realized that, it, you know, I had a clinic in London and in central London and it, it wasn't viable to keep that open. So at the moment, I don't have a base, although, you know, I mean, I'm in London, so it's, you know, in the summer of you know last year i was visiting people around london um but my, as i said earlier my work is equally as i believe equally as effective um remotely as it is in person um so um you know i work with people all over the world in that way you know i have clients in america and australia and all throughout europe um so um yeah i mean how the work how, how it works is um when I see people in person, I use uh, a technique called applied kinesiology, which is a muscle testing technique. And that really uh, basically um, it uses the body as like a map of the mind. So you can test the body for weakness and, you know, where, where you find weakness, um, it, it alerts, you know, it gives a sense of what's going on in the body, but also in the mind. Um, and so I use that when I'm working with people in person because it's very visual. You know, if you if you find a weakness and then you know um, uh, how to correct that through, you know, um, you know, either physical means energetically or by working through emotions, um, then, you know, the, the change is instantaneous. So that's very powerful for someone to witness that. But I don't really need to use the kinesiology. It's more as a diagnostic tool and it's more, you know, for the purpose of, you know, when I'm working with people in person for them to be able to see the change. Um, but most people can feel the change anyway. So when I work remotely, um, we just arrange a time. Um, the first part of the session, I just get the client to lie down and relax, close their eyes and be completely open and receptive to the process. And uh, that part usually takes anywhere between 10 minutes and half an hour. And then, um, and then we come back online, we come face to face on the camera and I just talk through everything that I did. So I'm bringing what I've been able to um, read from you know accessing your higher self or your subconscious bring that to your conscious awareness so you can understand it so you can connect the dots and we talk through things and where there is you know uh, emotional work to be done we do we do that together but it's very um how can i say it, it's it's unlike uh, conventional psychotherapy in that usually it's it's quite uh i've got certain techniques i use which means that we can sh usually shift things quite quickly um, by connecting through the physical body, you know, so I'll often get people to touch a certain part of their body uh, where there's trauma being held and then to stimulate uh, some emotional reflex points, which are on the forehead. And by making that connection, it creates a circuit and it allows for the emotions to naturally rise up uh, within the person so that they can access them. Um, 
so that's how I work really um, sessions can be quite long a first session can be quite long but you know as we clear things um, you know if you need subsequent sessions a lot of people don't sometimes you know one session is enough to really change things um, but subsequent sessions will tend to be shorter because there'll be less to address you know as we become more balanced um, so that's really how it works and uh, people can uh, people can find out more by going onto my website which is peterstrange.co.uk um, there is an inquiry form on there you can reach out to me I do a free initial consultation so I'm always open to just having a conversation with someone first to see you know whether um, there's a synergy there whether we you know whether I feel I can help them and they you know feel confident that I you know that they trust me to help them um, uh, so that, that that's that's free of charge and uh, you can also visit my Facebook page um, something I didn't mention but since the pandemic started um, I've been um, using my say the same method to do a reading on the collective consciousness on, our, on on all of us because I feel you know in this pandemic we are all being affected you know in similar ways we're all in the same boat and so I've been providing these readings every Friday, every Friday evening on Facebook Live, which is just a healing for the collective consciousness. Uh, so a lot of people tune into that. That's free of charge. Um, and the final thing that I do is uh, a kind of uh, middle ground, middle tier, where it's for people who want to have a more consistent input, uh, more direct input, but you know, maybe not with individual sessions. Um, and that's like I do a uh, I run some groups, uh, small groups, uh, where we do healing. We we meet once a once a week online, and uh, I do a reading for the group, and we 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 go through that together. And it, that's really nice space because everyone's there for each other, and we all kind of help each other work through stuff together. So it's not all about me, you know. Everyone else gets very much involved in that. Uh, so that that's called Reset Infinity. You can find details about that if you scroll down on my Facebook page. It's a little bit further down, but uh, you know. I'm always open to, I have a couple of groups running at the moment, you know, so that's always a possibility to, uh, you know, open up more of those. Okay. Wow. So there's quite, quite a lot. And what I can do is when I do finish, um, publish the podcast, I link in your website and Facebook page. And I know that you've been sending me weekly links to the Facebook page. I've not been able to attend any live, but I have actually listened to, um, replay, um, when I've had time. So, I guess it's it's nice if you're live, but what what you offer is also something that can be accessed through replay as well. Yeah, I, I believe I actually believe that you know because I because I have you know I try and bring my loving intention. You know, I have an intention to really create healing. You know, um, and you know when you make a recording, you know. Uh, you, you, you're actually in, in the same way that the, the nervous system, the body stores all the memories of our lives. You know, when we make a recording like this, when we do this interview, you know, people can benefit from that, you know, potentially for eternity, you know. So, uh, you know, the energy that was created by us speaking today. And so the same thing when I do uh, these uh, Facebook live sessions, I believe that, you know, uh, the healing effect is just as great whenever you, choose to receive that you know so i just ask people to be guided by their intuition really you know there's there's now i think uh, 45 videos to watch there so sometimes people go back to ones from months before you know and they find something in there that resonates so uh yeah absolutely you don't have to watch it live um it's great to have everyone's energy there on the live but you know at, at the same time people do watch them later and they still do receive benefit yeah. Yeah. wow Thank you, wow. Peter. I mean, this is, for me, I've, my intention that I said coming in here was healing, healing in terms of whoever, and that's the intention of this podcast, that anyone who listens to this podcast receive healing at whatever level that they need it, and that um, it's, it's not about me, um, but it's more about kind of what, what I'd say the creator God wants to happen in this process. So, um, and for me, just listening mm. to this is kind of, it's created healing just in this space um, in terms of that open heart um, um, feeling of ease and, and gratitude. And that's one of the things that I know that from working, when I've um, done sessions with you is that you said about the time that you're quite generous in your sessions that you say, for example, it's an hour. If you felt led to work 
over an hour, you would go with whatever your intuition, whether you're feeling guided to do. So, um, so, and I think that's one of the things I've, I've loved about you is that kind of ability to just be tapped into working with the process. And I think that's what's happening in this process as well. So this is why I said when I'm in, in the space with you, I could just sit and listen and talk forever and ever and ever because it's such, it's just such an amazing feeling of feeling um, kind of a sense of love and warmth and openness. So I just really wanted to thank you for you giving up the time and the space to join me here and to share your experience, your journey, but also the amazing work that you're doing. And I would really recommend that if people whoever is listening and um, that they if they're going through any kind of issues in terms of emotionally or physically that's impacting on their well-being that check out Peter's website his Facebook page and don't hesitate to book a session because you won't regret it um, that's all I can say so thank you once again for giving up the time and space and um, really grateful Peter thank you Oh, thank you so much, Hazel. Um, I know this has been probably a little bit longer than some of your mm -hmm. other episodes, but I think if people do listen, you know, like you say, I think even just by listening to our conversation, you know, there might be just something in there that sparks healing for for, for, for people, you know. So uh, I, I believe that too, um, you know. And uh, thank you for thank you for having me. Thank you for making the space and. Um, you know, keep keep doing what you're doing because you're doing some amazing work as well. And you know, just by making these podcasts as well, I think you're reaching a lot of people. So, uh, you know, I know it's very much oh, appreciated. Thank you indeed. So, thank you once again for listening to this podcast. I hope that you found it useful. And if so, please don't forget to like, share or follow me on this platform. Or why not follow me on Instagram at hislovepage. Or check out my website www.hazelhislove.com. Thank you. Until next time.